0: Welcome back for the first time in kind of a long time to who says no uh, I apologize me and Colin both apologize for sometimes life gets in the way of basketball but now we're back and we're here to talk Colin we've had like I don't know three weeks off done anything useful in this time if you I don't know like cured any diseases Have you like fought any dragons I don't know what have you been up to?
1: Well, first of all, Sam, I want to say that I don't apologize for my time off. You kind of spoke for both of us there. I enjoyed my time (laughs) off. Uh, I like, um, you know, hanging out with my wife and and spending time to to better myself. But um, in terms of the disease curing front, not quite there yet. I'm working on the COVID. You know, they've got a couple of vaccines out there, but I think I can do better. We think
0: we can do better.
1: I mean, we can. Why two shots? Let's just we do one. We think Moderna one needs to attach
0: done. a couple second-round picks to their vaccine, you know, just to really get the ball rolling.
1: Yeah, Moderna and a uh, second vaccine to Pfizer. Who says no?
0: Pfizer's already in the luxury tax, though, so they're gonna have some real cap issues getting this thing done.
1: This is I missed this, man. See, we need to. This, this is, what is why I'm apologizing
0: to the people because they needed this.
1: They needed fake trades between COVID vaccines.
0: Exactly. That's what we're here to do. Now, normally we talk about basketball, and today we talk, we're we going to talk about basketball. But you know what? Always some fun banter in between. So we're going to talk about a player that has since been benched and is not going to play presumably until he gets traded, and that's Andre Drummond. Cleveland Cavaliers do not have a use for him in their long-term future. Jared Allen is going to be their starting center moving forward. He's, better, he's a better player than Andre Drummond. He's just a more valuable asset, and he's a restricted free agent this offseason. So I think this sort of makes sense for all parties involved. You know, why should Drummond risk an injury by going out and playing for a team that's not going to keep him? Why should Allen have to lose minutes to Drummond just because he's an established veteran? Yada, yada, yada. I think this makes sense for all parties involved. So what we're going to do today, Colin, is talk about which teams we think could make a run in Andre Drummond right now and where we think Andre Drummond falls in the hierarchy of centers. So why don't we start there? How valuable do you think Andre Drummond is?
1: Yeah, first of all, it's funny because when you said, uh, you know, we're going to talk about a player who is not going to play for his team anymore while they look for a trade. And I was like, wait, there's actually multiple players in the league right right now that fall into that same category. Let's do a spoiler alert here.
0: We can't do a Blake Griffin trade podcast because there is not a Blake Griffin trade on the board. He is untradeable.
1: It's so sad. It really is.
0: I look forward to him getting bought out and signing with the Lakers, but I'm sorry. He's not getting traded like that. That's not worth a podcast. That's our Blake Griffin episode. Me saying he is not getting
1: traded. And Eastern Conference Player of the Week, Sadiq Bey, has stepped in. So no need to worry about that, Detroit fans. You're actually going to be better.
0: Don't get me started on that. That's just... I'm sorry. Giannis averaged 33-15-7, and and he didn't win Player of the Week. I digress.
1: Was, my eyes bought, popped out of my head when I saw that. But anyway, a, a former for Detroit Piston, Yeah, played for yeah. the Pistons. Detroit, or Andre Drummond. We're talking about his value. So... Like As you know, I'm a fantasy guy. Andre Drummond is an amazing fantasy basketball player, I'll tell you that. The guy puts up numbers uh, no matter how many minutes he plays. I think his value, um, especially in a league where his skill set as a center is, is severely diminished, he's never been an amazing defender, he's not necessarily a shot blocker. Um, the guy can score in the post, but obviously you don't want to do that too often. He can't shoot threes no matter how hard he tries. And, you know, he can rebound. That's a good asset to have. But when you think of, you know, hey, what teams want Andre Drummond and you start looking through the list, it's not a lot of teams out there. And then when you put that together with the fact that last season he was essentially traded for a second-round pick, which was basically a salary dump, you got to wonder what's changed in his value between last season and now that would make him worth any sort of return for the Cavs.
0: If anything, I mean, I think his value as a player is lower than it was. But the other thing that's happened is we've seen a lot of very good centers change teams for almost nothing in terms of price. Like right now, Andre Drummond is making $28.7 million. Serge Ibaka, Derek Favors, and Montrez Harrell all signed for the mid-level, which is roughly a third of that. Christian Wood is making less than half of what Andre Drummond makes, and he would have made the all-star team if he hadn't gotten hurt, like, Andre Drummond went from an all star to, I don't know, the 25th best center in the NBA, something like that, overnight. And that's not necessarily to his own fault. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a flawed player. But there's also just the fact that, like, most centers aren't that valuable unless it's Anthony Davis, unless it's Nicole Jokic, unless it's Joel Embiid, one of these guys that's just so special at what they do that you have to max them out. Most centers just don't net that much, right? Like, I mean, I'm trying to think of the last time besides a superstar, a center really got that much in a trade. I guess Steven Adams got a first round pick. Steven Adams is way better than Andre Drummond. So I think you're right. I think we're looking at a deal that is probably going to be cap filler plus a second round pick, cap filler plus a young project player. It's not going to be a super enticing deal. And Drummond is going to hit free agency this offseason. And it's a very, very cap friendly environment. 14 teams are going to have cap space, at least by my count at this moment. I don't know which of them is going to pay Drummond. I suspect given the weakness of the center class, somebody will give him more than the mid-level, but like his contract might be cut in half. Like he might go from making something like 30 million, something closer to 15 million. This is not a player that the entire league is going to be chasing after, but let's talk about some of the teams that might. Colin, you have the floor. What's your favorite team on the board?
1: Yeah, just go quickly on his trade value, I'm just wondering, like, like Hassan Whiteside signed for the minimum. And, like, I know Andre German's better than Hassan Whiteside, but, like, how much better than sure Hassan Whiteside that? is? Right, I'll- you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I think he's a little more mobile defensively, but not much. But, you know, anyway. A lot it just of the same to- block
0: hunting, a lot of the same rebound hunting. Again, it's not as extreme. He's a better offensive player. I think he's more useful in the pick and roll. But, like, yeah, it's not a bad comparison.
1: Right. So the the first team that obviously just comes to mind is the Brooklyn Nets just because they need a center and they have no big men. And, you know, uh, Drummond's name has been tossed around talking about them. But uh, that's obviously not going to work. And it's just because of the they don't have enough matching salary to send out to make that happen. And I don't even know if they would. Um, Do you have any thoughts on the Nets?
0: I mean, don't get me wrong. They could get Andre Drummond if they were willing to give up Joe Harris. But I'd much rather have Joe Harris than Andre Drummond. Yeah, right.
1: They're not going to be really doing it.
0: Right. Their matching salary right now, like basically it's Spencer Dinwiddie. They don't have much else that they can use. They can't get up to $29 million. I'm sorry, that's just off the table. Their one hope would be a buyout. I've written about this in the past. I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward. He has no reason and the Cavs have no reason reason to participate in a buyout so long as a trade is possible. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, Brooklyn. I understand why you'd want him despite all of his flaws. He's an upgrade over what you have. He's not going to be a net
1: right and the next team that i think it kind of you know as of the moment is making sense as a possible drummond destination is the celtics and that's not necessarily that they need a center but just that their kind of lack of depth has been showcased since the marcus smart injury and kemba walker shooting 30 percent from the field and all that stuff uh personally i don't think the celtics make much sense i think their combination of thompson tristan thompson daniel tyson and the time lord i think uh is fine with me i don't think see drummond as an upgrade there and you also have some uh some interesting cap logistics that kind of make that a difficult destination for Drummond, right?
0: Yeah. So this is, I'm kind of amazed by this, but so Gordon Hayward created a $28.5 million trade exception for Boston when he left in a sign and trade to the Hornets. And a lot of people have said, Oh, you know, they could just use the Gordon Hayward trade exception to get Drummond. Well, no, they can't because Andre Drummond makes $200,000 more than Gordon. Which is, I mean, it's, It's ridiculous on its face, especially given how well Gordon Hayward has played this year, but it doesn't necessarily preclude a trade. What you could do hypothetically is use the trade exception to get a player that makes slightly less than Drummond and then flip that player for Drummond. But two things on that. Number one, are you really going to jump through all those hoops for Andre Drummond? I don't think so. And number two, remember, Boston had a chance to get Miles Turner, right? Like that's that's a real thing that's been pretty thoroughly reported. They could have traded Gordon Hayward for Miles Turner and Doug McDermott, and they said no. If you are going to use that trade exception on a center that isn't Miles Turner, it has to be somebody better than Miles Turner. Like just for I get that there's the sunk cost fallacy in there, but like, can you imagine almost getting Miles Turner and ending up with Andre Drummond? Like, how disappointing would that be?
1: And it just it also just doesn't make sense. It's like, if you're going to use that that gigantic trade exception and do what you have to do to get Andre Drummond, like, he has to make some sort of, like, tangible difference on your team. Like, you're not winning the title with Andre Drummond. He's not helping you get to a a later round in the playoffs. So, uh, to me, it just doesn't make much sense. But another Eastern Conference team that's, you know, towards the top. Well, I mean, they're not right now, but we consider them towards the top of the Eastern Conference in terms of talent and pedigree. The Toronto Raptors, and they're pretty much the only team so far who's actually had some sort of report saying that they've been in talks and expressed interest. So um, I guess the Raptor—I don't. Again, I'm in the same boat where it's just like, like how much better do you get with Andre Drummond? And then when you look at what they would have to trade in order to get him, unless they can bring in a third team and stuff, I don't know. It doesn't really make much sense to me.
0: You know how Jerry West would go to draft workouts. And other GMs would see Jerry West there and just be like, oh, Jerry West likes this guy. Oh, I like him too. I feel like the fact that Masayu Jerry appears to be interested in Andre Drummond has me questioning this just a little bit. Like they're is there? Send it out, out the smoke screen. <laughs> is there something that I'm missing on Andre Drummond? Because we've only heard of one team from reputable sources that is into him. And it's Toronto, who I think we'd all think of as one of the five smartest teams. I don't get it. I don't understand why other than the fact that they don't really have a long-term center, but there isn't really a sensible trade on the board here, right? Like, sure. You could package all of your mid tier salaries. You could trade Chris Boucher, Aaron Baines and Norman Powell for Andre Drummond, but Norman Powell is better than Andre Drummond. And Chris Boucher might be too, at least at his contract level. The only way I could see it happening would be if they were trading Kyle Lowry elsewhere, and just use that salary slot to absorb Drummond. But like, why? Like, why would you want Andre Drummond if you're trading Kyle Lowry? If you're going into, I don't even want to say a rebuild, because they have other good players in their prime. But like, if you're not trying to win the championship right now, are you really bringing in Andre Drummond as like your center for the next five years If you're the Raptors? It doesn't really make sense. It doesn't fit what they normally do. He can't shoot. You know, they had Marcus Saul, They had Serge Ibaka. They like shooting big men. He's not as mobile defensively as their big men usually are. Like, I don't get it. I, I understand their reports. I don't know where they're coming
1: from. Yeah, and to your Lowry point, it's like if you're trading Kyle Lowry, it's a, like you said, it's not a rebuild, but it's kind of getting everyone on the same timeline. So like Van Vliet, Siakam, Mananobi, Boucher, like getting on that timeline. Um, and that in that sense, getting Drummond doesn't really make much sense. It's not that he's old, but it just it doesn't do much to, to boost your, your future – um, you know potential as a as a championship team, so I, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Obviously, those those reports are coming from somewhere, but to me, I just don't not even if they wanted him, I just don't see a deal that would make any sense.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sort of at a loss over it. And the other thing is, like, if you're signing, if you're trading for Andre Drummond, you would presume that you're signing him to an extension. That's all their cap space, right? Or a good chunk of it, anyway. I mean, depending on what he ended up getting, did you really like? spend all of this time, all of these years, building up this max cap base for summer of 2021, use it on Andre Drummond? Like, really? You're not going to get any more ambitious than that? That just, it doesn't seem like something the Raptors would do. So I guess we could be proven wrong, but I would still consider this very unlikely.
1: Yeah, so l- let's go to another team, and this is, uh, you're going to have fun talking about this one, I swear. Uh, they, just oh, not- for- <laughs> they just traded for, they just traded for Derrick Rose. I know what you're going to say. Oh, gosh. <laughs> they- they are, have a gaping hole at center now because Mitchell Robinson just broke his hand or his wrist or something. He's out for four to six weeks. New York Knicks, are we, are we putting out calls or are we having conversations right now? What are you doing if you're the Knicks, Sam?
0: So I actually – I don't mind this too much because the Knicks are in this very unique situation where they have carried – I think they carried $19 million of cap space into the season. They used $2 million in the Derrick Rose trade. They still have $17 million in cap space that it's not necessarily use it or lose it. It's not like you're going to be an over-the-cap team next year. They're not, but they have this cap space. They might as well use it for something, right? So my theory here is let's say you don't think Nerland so well can fill in for Mitchell Robinson, and so far they're undefeated without Mitchell Robinson. So I don't know that they think that, but let's say they did. You could use that cap space and basically just trade – New Noel, a little more filler salary for Drummond and say, we're going to keep you for a month. You're going to start for Mitchell Robinson. And then when Robinson comes back, we'll flip you again at the deadline. So essentially you're using your cap space for a month of help at center. You could do worse in season, right?
1: It sounds a lot like you're kind of talking yourself into that. That last right it was like, you know, is it a question? I wouldn't it do
0: it, but I understand why they might. And I'm not even saying they might. I'm saying I understand the logic. That would take them to doing it if they did.
1: So if you, if you do that, and let's say you're playing like, you know, this is like Queen's Gambit, like looking at the chess pieces on the ceiling, like, all right, we're going to keep him for a month. He's going to keep us in playoff race, and then we're going to flip him. Like, what is that flip? Like, what are you getting for him? And, you know, do they have to give up anything? Or they, because they, ha- they can't just absorb his entire contract. So no, they'd they have, have to
0: give up Noel. They'd have to give up one more mid-tier salary, but like it's doable, and you'd save Cleveland so much money that like if they could get off of Drummond and save seventeen million dollars, would they need a pick for that? Like I don't think so.
1: Yeah, and then but you then, flip
0: Drummond down the line for a second from somebody else.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like your your flip would have to be enough to make up for what you gave up, and you know I'm not. Well, while
0: they're giving up his cap space, it's not that much. Now I wouldn't give up picks to do this. But if you're only giving up cap space and salary filler, it's not the worst thing you can do. And I mean, if you Ir- can get a second Irwin's round, Noel well
1: is a little bit better than salary filler. He's been good off the bench, man. He's a good backup. better senior. than
0: Drummond? I don't think
1: so. Uh, he's, a, he's a backup, though, and you'd be losing that. So when he whoever you flipped him for, if you flipped him for a pick, then you would be stuck without a backup center even when Robinson comes back. But for one, one reason
0: you yeah. have to get a center on the buyout market. Can you imagine the Knicks is like a buyout market destination?
1: I mean, I could see JaVale McGee in a New York Knicks uniform. That's all I'm saying.
0: Just Haven't I suffered enough?
1: That dude, he, you know, he comes in. Remember when him and Drummond were playing together? That was amazing. That was, that's going to go down in, like, the history of, of basketball for just tremendous two-man lineups.
0: We need an oral history on that. I, it, it made <laughs> no sense whatsoever. But the thing was, last year they were running these lineups with three big men, and they were, like, actually working in tiny samples where it's like, 38 minutes of Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, Larry Nance on the floor at the same time. And it's like, wait, they're plus 21 or they're plus 19. And you just found yourself thinking like, this is totally ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. But that emboldened Cleveland to really try these lineups with like Allen and Drummond or Drummond and McGee. And it just fell on its face predictably like we expected this year.
1: Yeah, the Cavs are bad, man. If you watched them recently? They're, I mean, I think that's what kind of... Legendous I bet on them on drum. Sunday was not a fun time. <laughs> this whole Drummond benching situation makes a lot more sense if you've watched the Cavs over the last few weeks. They 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 started off the season pretty well, and Colin Sexton was looking great and Garland and everything. And well, the Natt, lesson here, here is that is Larry Nance,
0: Nance, defensive player of the year.
1: He's a good player, man, and he does a lot for them offensively. You see, he's kind of a facilitator, he gets a lot of assists, he's a kind of a point forward type thing. I mean, you know, technically he should like in the NBA, he should be a center. But the way, like you said, okay. he, plays, he plays small forward for them. So.
0: I'm glad you brought this up because I want to start a game show called Are You a Center? And the answer for every player, just by virtue of being asked, is yes. Like, is Larry Nance a center? Okay, somebody asked the question. So the answer is yes. Name it's any good. player, and I promise you that player is a center.
1: It's a good point. Julius Randle? Julius Randle? Center. A center? Wow. You can't defend us. Yes. So that's one reason, again, when we're talking about the Knicks, that's one reason. I don't want Drummond anywhere near that team is because the Julius Randle experience is just yeah. so exciting. And he, he needs, to, like, the reason you have Mitchell Robinson or Nerlens Noel next to him is because they do all the center things that he can't do, and they want absolutely nothing to do with offense. If you get Drummond, he's not going to do a lot of those center things, and he's going to want the ball more on offense. So I, I don't want him anywhere near Randle.
0: Do you have Randle as an all-star right now? We're recording this the night before the starters are announced. so I
1: actually have haven't. Little- I haven't like actually sketched out the entire thing, but I, I think from what I've heard and you know just kind of my cursory thinking about it, I think he's going to be bumped out just by numbers.
0: Yeah, he was one of my two last cuts, him and Levine, and I felt so bad doing it just because my New York group chat is really excited about this and they're all really mad at me and they all think he's better than Ben Simmons and then he's better than Bam. I don't have the heart to tell them why he's not.
1: Yeah, the, the heat thing is weird because like Bam's amazing and everyone knows he's an all star, but they're, they're like eleven and sixteen. You know, it's like at a certain point the Knicks are a better team than them at this point. And it's like They lost to the
0: Julie Clippers the other night. The <laughs> reason for starters.
1: The reason and Bam the wasn't are, the
0: reason why, but Right.
1: And the reason the Knicks are even staying anywhere afloat is because Julius Randle is their entire offense. I mean, I think that they do have an argument there. It's just well,
0: okay, there's a little bit of Derek Rose syndrome to this because they have the number three defense. And that's really why they're winning. Like Randall's the best offensive player on a bad offensive team.
1: But you need that. As I'm saying, like team, right. you can have a great defense, like the Rockets, you can have a great defense. You can't score. You're not going to win.
0: Right. I, again, I'm not necessarily against Randall's candidacy. I mean, I think I had him 14th out of the 12 spots. So I wouldn't be upset if he got in. In fact, I'd enjoy it quite a bit. I just I, I don't think he will, and there, there are good reasons for that. Now, how, how did we get? Oh yeah, we're talking about Andre Drummond. How did this turn oh, into oh yeah. a Julius Randle podcast?
1: You can't. Every every conversation turns into a Julius Randle conversation. That guy's so much fun to watch. He dropped forty four the other night. You see that? She's she like shooting pull up uh, mid ranges like Kevin Durant.
0: Seven threes in that game.
1: Seven threes. It's incredible.
0: I mean, and yet he's a center. Amazing how that works.
1: <laughs> we can go. We'll we we'll have to do another uh, another podcast about the. The former Lakers and what what oh. kind of team that would be if we just put them all together right now, but that's definitely. Do a you see the clutch points
0: graphic that had all of them lined up with all of their stats, and it's like, do the Lakers regret doing this? And I
1: think
0: <laughs> one of the, I think it was Harrison Fagan. It was one of the silver screen and roll guys. Just starts going on this bit like, do the Lakers regret winning a championship?
1: <laughs> oh, do they regret getting LeBron James? I don't know, maybe. <laughs>
0: I, listen, I would trade a 1,000 Julius Randles to get one Anthony Davis, so there's your answer.
1: All right, so the Knicks, if they want Andre Drummond, it would be for this cockamamie scheme that yes. Sam has concocted. to. That's uh, why
0: they paid me the big bucks, for my cockamamie grab, scheme.
1: Yeah, grab, grab him for a month and then flip them for something else. But, hey, more power, too, if you can pull it off. All right, next team is a team that I actually think, of all the teams that we're going to talk about, probably makes the most sense to me, and that's the Charlotte Hornets. And – Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not been watching the Charlotte Hornets, you're missing out on some of the most entertaining offensive basketball that you can possibly watch. Terry Rozier is, is on fire. He's scoring like 35 points a game. And Lamelo Ball is, I mean, there aren't enough mea culpa's in the entire world for me when it comes to Lamelo Ball. I was poo-pooing him during the entire draft process. And it's mostly because I hadn't seen him play very much, which a lot of people hadn't. But... Honestly, like, all the things that I thought he couldn't do, like finish at the rim and make threes, he's doing at a very, very high clip, and his passing and all that intangible stuff is just off the charts. So watch LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier, ladies and gentlemen. Can we Have talk got- about
0: their broadcast team, by the way? Like, just, I, I like any smart NBA fan over the last several years, did not watch much Charlotte Hornets basketball. I, I don't think I'm alone in saying that. So I know that Del Curry does their games, but, like, the play-by-play guy, I swear to God, it sounds like he'd been living in a cave for 20 years and has just been, like, freed into the real world and is experiencing, like, fun basketball for the first time. It's a joy.
1: It is. And it's, like, it's it is what he said. It's, like, it's the first time he's watched basketball. At, at like He's, like, oh, my God. It's, like, a, going from, like, watching, like, a low-level, like, JV high school team to watching, like, a junior college team. You're, like, these guys are dunking. Oh, yeah, a step back three. It's amazing.
0: I've never enjoyed anything as much as he enjoys any Miles Bridges dunk. It's well, great. Yeah. I love every minute of it. It's honestly, it's the most fun non, you know, important team to watch on a nightly basis.
1: Right, and to that point, uh, their centers right now are Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo. So we can upgrade that in terms of the entertainment value. Um, Andre Drummond isn't the most entertaining player, but he can catch a lob every once in a while. He's actually like very fast. If you watch him run the floor up and down, he's a, he's actually a very like kind of mobile big man at least when he's in straight line. So I think him running breaks and being kind of a trail dunk guy would be a whole lot of fun on that team. And I actually have a deal for this, Sam. If you want to uh, if you want to take a listen. So what if I trade you? I'm the Hornets and I want Andre Drummond. I decide to say, hey, take Cody Zeller, take Malik Monk who is a very enticing guard uh, bucket getter type of player who doesn't isn't going to get much run on the Hornets just because they have a million guards and the Martin brothers are, are pretty enticing too. So take Malik Monk, Zeller, and we got to throw in Bismack Biombo just for the salaries and uh, you give me Drummond. What do you think? Who says no?
0: This is exactly the kind of short-sighted thing that Michael Jordan would do. Like, doesn't this scream Hornets to you, right? Like, I'm thinking about that quote in the social network where Justin Timberlake's talking about like, you know, you're start, you have the coolest party on campus and you're trying to close it down at 9 PM. Like maybe the Hornets should slow play this a little bit. Like maybe guys want to play with the mellow ball. Like maybe they could trade for somebody really good, or maybe they could sign somebody better than Andre Drummond. Like they don't have to settle anymore. And I don't think that they even realized that yet. Like the Gordon Hayward signing to me was very much a panic. Like, and don't get me wrong, it's worked out, but it very much struck me. It's like we can't get guys, so we've just got to grab the best player that we can and overpay him to get him. Man, with Lamelo, like, you might have something here. Like, maybe you slow play this a little bit. And maybe you draft a center with wherever they end up picking. I don't think that they should do this. I think they should take their time because they've got something really special brewing. But is this the kind of move they would make? Yes.
1: Well, here's the counter is do you get Drummond. He's on expiring deal. He has so much fun with LaMelo Ball. He's willing to take, you know, whatever pay cut that we talked about, um, you know, maybe even less than 14 million or whatever it takes uh, to keep him around. He's 27 years old. You know, he's not an old guy. Um, he'll kind of bridge that gap while, you know, let's say, I don't know if they want like Nick Rickard, Rick, Nick Richards and Vernon Carey to be the centers of their future. But while they develop guys or draft new guys or whatever, um, at least they have somebody in place because like Charlotte's. I mean with Hayward and if Rogier keeps playing this way and Devonte Graham's, you know, kind of getting out of his slump, even though he's hurt right now. And as LaMelo develops, like that's a, a team that can then be a, a fringe playoff team, or at least in that, in that play in mix, especially if you add in Drummond. so I don't know, I, I could see it. I, I don't think it's, it's going to, you know, make their franchise, but I think in terms of what they're giving up, I don't think monk has a future there, you know, and obviously Zeller and Biombo are not going to be a part of your future. So I don't know. I think, uh, Getting him in there, you know, before free agency and kind of showing him, you know, hey, look look at what we got going here, might give them a chance to get a little bit of a discount in the future.
0: I guess I'd be open to it as a short term experiment, but like I just think you can do so much better for the long haul. Like, I'll just throw a name out there. They tried to sign Montrez Harrell over the summer. I'd rather have Montrez Harold than Andre Drummond. And I think Montrez Harrell is gonna leave the Lakers for a variety of convoluted cap reasons. Like you imagine Mantra's Harrell running pick and roll with Lamelo Ball, like that'd be awesome.
1: That'd, that'd be, be so fun. much
0: more fun to drum Drummond.
1: Yeah, I, who I really want on the Hornets is John Collins, but we could talk about that another time. I, That's I just, another I, good one. Just they, give up
0: three first round picks, make it happen.
1: Yeah, because they they tie Lamelo. Well, when when Lamelo was coming off the bench, at least they were tying his minutes to to Miles Bridges because they need a lob threat, and if he could play with John Collins, man, ugh, I, I'm getting very excited just thinking about this but we can't anyway even do
0: a john collins episode because he fits on every team like what um, are we supposed to do
1: he's got i mean again if we're not if you're not watching a lot of hawks games like tune in every once in a while like this dude he's what's he shooting like 40 from three this year like he's, he's just,
0: the lowest maintenance 22 points in the nba like every night it's just like oh three buckets off of cuts two off of lobs two spot up threes four free throws like it's so easy. They don't run anything for him. And he always ends up with 19, 20, 21 points.
1: Yeah, and it will get you those, like, random, like, uh, it'll be like the end of the shot clock. And he'll get dumped in the post. And he'll take, like, two dribbles and do, like, a fadeaway and swish it. And you're like, whoa, I didn't know he had that. Because he just never gets those opportunities. But, yeah, this isn't a John I Collins have, podcast.
0: One day we'll do one. And it'll just be nine hours of us saying, like, here's why he fits on all 29 other teams. He's just playing one- defense this too. That was the argument against him in the past was like, oh, he's just another all offense center. No, he's like actually been pretty good on defense this year. I don't know if that's Clint Capella or if that's his own growth, but I'd certainly be comfortable maxing him out.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I liked, uh I obviously like Collins on the Hornets and I, I do. I don't mind Drummond. I think of all the teams, like I said, this this one makes the most sense to me. But um, another one that by the way, Sam has a, an article up on CBS uh, outlining some possible drum and trade destinations, or, which is what we're kind of cherry picking for this conversation. And another one on your list was uh, the Dallas Mavericks, which to me, on the surface, I think about it. I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't make much sense. But why do you think the, the Mavericks are, are at least in the conversation?
0: So I'll stress that I don't think this is something they would do. And frankly, I'm not even sure it's something that they should do. But they clearly need something, right? Like, they're not nearly as good as we thought they were going to be. They're rebounding very badly. They're not getting many shots in the paint. I just, if you were going to do this as just, here's a second-round pick and here's matching salary, like, I think they could use a shot in the arm. I think he's better than Willie Cauley-Stein. Now, would I invest in a expensive center if I were them? No, because I think Chris guess is their center of the future. I don't think that's really up for debate, but... I think Andre Drummond could win you three or four extra regular season games. And if that's the difference between being 10th and being eighth and having a much better shot at making it through the play in. Okay. That's worth the second round pick to me. Sure.
1: I kind of love this. Like, it's kind of a thought experiment, like a more of a philosophical thing. I, I love this idea of like the taking a flyer on a guy for the end of the season. Right. It's like, if it doesn't work out, we just don't resign them and we move forward. Obviously, that's contingent on what you give up and making sure that those aren't valuable assets or, or players that you want on your team. But if you can do that and get a guy and say, you know, hey, look, here's a couple of months. Let's see how it works. And if it doesn't work out, you know, shake hands, part ways and we'll move forward. So I. Uh, I, I don't hate it. I do. I don't think the fit is great, and culture-wise, I'm not sure Rick Carlisle will be in love with Andre Drummond. But yeah, I'm with you. Know. you. It's not yeah. something
0: I think I would do. Like full disclosure, I had to get to five teams for this story. And,
1: no, I mean I think it's that was one that came worth, to mind. No, it's definitely worth talking about just because of, it. and it's like well, the kind of the same boat as the Raptors, where it's a team that I think we all expected to just be pretty good, and they haven't been. So. At that point, you have to look around and say, "What can this team kind of do to upgrade?" And Celtics are kind of in the same boat. But, um, yeah, Luca, how good is Luca, man? Oh my God!
0: Especially like that team is. I was very high on them coming into the year. The support system has not been good this year, and he is doing everything in his power to overcome it. That he's incredible. I have nothing else to
1: add to that. What what was the panic meter, like, earlier this season when Luca was like, oh, it just looked like our guys don't really care out there. I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? Is is he going to demand a trade?
0: We were talking about Porzingis trades in Slack not too long ago, like two weeks ago.
1: I mean, let's hope that's not going to happen, but um, it was kind of scary to see. Luca's the guy that's always smiling, and obviously he's the the future of the NBA and – what was, he, he was the used MVP favorite coming into the season, right? Probably not going to be there now because the Mavericks are so bad. But the way he's playing recently, maybe, who well, knows?
0: I think it speaks to this idea that we think of development, especially, I mean, both on the team level, but also on the player level, as totally linear. And we just looked at it and we thought, OK, Dallas was in the lottery's rookie year. They were the seven seed in his second year. So they're going to be the four seed or the three seed his third year. I'm like, no, that's not always how it works. I think it's okay that maybe they're going to take a step back this year and maybe they're going to give a decent pick to the Knicks, but that doesn't mean that they're not headed for the stars with Luca right now because, oh boy, if he's not, he's not going to win the MVP this year, but he's not far off.
1: Yeah, and it is weird because we uh, we tend to put so much stock into like seeds, you know? It's like it's like oh, Dallas is the tenth seed right now. It's like they're like two games out of the fifth seed, you know? It's like. <laughs> Yeah, there I mean,
0: there are three awesome teams in the West, and then one pretty good one in Phoenix. Anything after that, I don't know. I don't have a super strong opinion.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't know. I like I don't think the panic meter is high enough for them to trade for Drummond, but like you know, if you want to do one of those those sort of rental things, uh, sure, why not? Another team that kind of falls into that boat, like we were talking about, just kind of a disappointing start to the season. So you got to talk about them, the Miami Heat. Personally, I don't see this at all. I don't see Trump. He's not well. a culture fit. One he bit. He'd culture guy, but you know, who knows?
0: Um, it, this was very much just, well, the heat have to do something because whatever they have right now, isn't working. Um, I don't think this is something they would do for a variety of reasons. I don't think he's a culture fit. I don't think that they want to have a non-shooting center next to Bam. You know, especially Jimmy Butler doesn't shoot threes either. If you have three non-shooters. I don't care if you have Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. You're not going to space the floor effectively. So, I don't think it's something they would actually do. But they got to do something, and I don't have a good answer for what it is. But that team just isn't very good right now.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Jimmy Butler's very fun to watch, and Bam Adebayo is very good. But it, uh, it's going to be really weird to look back and, and look at like the the teams that like COVID hit really hard. Like, you know, the Wizards probably weren't going to be very good, but they got hit hard. The Celtics. Are obviously floundering. They got hit hard. The Heat have not been able to put things together. Um, well, remember those teams
0: also had short off season, so that might be part of it too. And Denver did right. as well. Like the Lakers seem to have escaped unscathed from the shortened off season, but the Celtics, the Heat, the Nuggets, they've all struggled.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean oh, they're unscathed record wise, but now Anthony Davis is out. We don't know what you know that Achilles tendon soreness, tendinosis, whatever it is. We don't know what impact the short off season had on that. And we'll see with LeBron James, right? Like. He's going to have to carry a, a lot of his team's offense and, you know, probably a lot of their defense, too, now that Anthony Davis is out. So we'll see how they handle that. I don't know if, uh, you know, you want to talk about the Lakers, but they might be looking at kind of sacrificing regular season positioning to make sure everybody's ready to go for the playoffs. Yeah,
0: I really disagree with LeBron's plan that he should play every game. And, you know, maybe he shouldn't be playing 40 minutes, three games in a row, three state overtime games, but... He seems to want to win MVP, and you know what? Far be it for me to question LeBron James, but mm. I, I disagree with that strategy. But I mean, fortunately, what he's found is when they've been playing these bad teams, they can just give up twenty-point leads in the first quarter and kind of coast through and just say, "Okay, we need nine minutes to beat a bad team," which is basically what's happened, right? Like they fell down twenty-two to two to Memphis, and they were ahead in the third quarter, I think. Like they fell behind Oklahoma City in the first quarter twice in a row, and they win both games in overtime. So. I think that they as a team are sort of figuring out how to pace themselves in the right way just so that they can like, we don't need to win every game by 30. Why don't we just, we'll take our time and then we'll squeak them out at the end.
1: Yeah, it's been interesting to watch and it would definitely be curious to see how they handle the rest of the regular season. But the Lakers are not an Andre Drummond team. And as we've gone through these list of teams, it doesn't really seem like a lot of teams are Andre Drummond's destination. So I have to ask you, by the end of the season... Is Andre Drummond, A, still a Cav, B, traded, or C, bought out?
0: I'm going to say that he's traded, and he's traded in such a way that it's similar to what we saw at the deadline last year. We're like, none of us thought Andre Drummond was getting traded to Cleveland because it didn't make sense for Andre Drummond to get traded to Cleveland. But you know what? Cleveland liked Andre Drummond, so they traded for him. And I think that's basically what we're going to see again where some team that we don't expect. It's just going to say, you know what? Sure, we like Andre Drummond. We'll give up a second round pick and matching salary for it. I don't know who it's going to be. I mean, the fact that Toronto's been mentioned makes me think they might have something cooking, but I don't have a good answer yet for who it's going to be. But I think that's more or less what I think is going to happen.
1: I could see like the Kings in some sort of three-way deal where Harrison Barnes goes to a contender and they end up with Drummond somehow. I'm just going to put that out there.
0: I I would have agreed with that in the Vlade era, but Monty (laughs) McHair, the new GM, he comes from Houston. Houston does not play around with centers. Like, he's not going to give up a good 3 and D wing to get a center. So I I gave that a little bit of thought. It's something that the old Kings would have done. I really hope that they don't waste Halliburton by doing something like that.
1: And as we already mentioned, they have Andre Drummond light with Hassan Whiteside, or heavy, however you want to make the comparison.
0: If, imagine Whiteside and Drummond on the same team. I, I just, I've, from a fantasy perspective, that must get you very excited.
1: Oh, yeah. Dude, if Whiteside gets, we're like, please, just play him 20 minutes. Just play him 20 minutes. And it's always like 12. I took him one night in DFS, and I was watching, and like, he was just so bad. Like, just awful. He put up numbers, but he always puts up numbers. Well, that's yeah, and, that's the
0: story of his career.
1: Yeah, and he got pulled, and I was like, he's never coming back into the game. And he didn't, so I cried. But it was fun.
0: A former Max player can't beat out Rashawn Holmes. And don't get me wrong, Rashawn Holmes has become a good player. But like, it's sort of jarring to think that like Hassan Whiteside had like multiple suitors for the Max in 2016.
1: And again, I've talked about this, but I can see how frustrating it would be for guys like Drummond and Whiteside to not be able to get money or get playing time or be on the trading block because they're like, dude... I put up, you know, eighteen and twelve and two blocks every single night. Like what's wrong? Like, what more do you want? But they just don't get it, you know? It's, it's weird. Basketball's NBA. basketball's weird. In baseball, if you hit a home run every time you're up, it doesn't matter what team you're on, they're gonna want you. But like in basketball, you can put up numbers and be bad. And you can not put up numbers and be good. It's weird.
0: Well, basketball is all about the cohesive whole, right? Like baseball isn't. It's kinda of that simple. Like Andre Drummond does not enhance the other players on your team in ways that you want your center to.
1: It's very strange. I was worried he's, Whiteside's going to lose minutes to Chimezi Metu, but he uh, he got hurt recently. Anyway, that's a good time I to I think wrap that's up a up great there. place to yeah, close. I, I, I
0: don't think we have anything intelligent to say on Chimezi Metu. So that'll do it for us. We'll be back soon-ish. It won't be another three weeks, I can promise you that. Colin, pleasure as always.
1: Thanks, Sam. It's been fun, man
0: and we will be back like subscribe review do whatever it is you need to do to get the word out there that'll do it for us today and then we'll see you soon